This episode of AHLA Speaking of Health Law is brought to you by AHLA members and donors like you. For more information, visit AmericanHealthLaw.org. Hi, I'm Norm Tabler with this month's edition of The Lighter Side of Health Law. Alexa in the dock. Alexa is in trouble again. Lawsuits in California, Massachusetts, and Illinois accuse her of eavesdropping on people who had no idea she was listening, including conversations about personal health information. The latest suit is a class action in Washington state. According to the complaint, Alexa eavesdrops on a household an average of 1.5 times a day, and sometimes as many as 19 times. And it's not just Alexa herself. That might not be so bad, but it's also Alexa's co-workers at Amazon, actual human beings. And they don't just listen and then forget about it. The complaint says that Amazon has a warehouse where they've stored tens of millions of conversations. There's no truth in the rumor that the whistleblower was Siri. The case is Scott versus Amazon, Western District, Washington. Everybody's a comedian. There seems to be at least one every week, a frustrated comedian in healthcare who can't resist sharing her comedy talent with the world. This time it's nurse Kelly Morris at the Citadel Nursing Facility in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Kelly posted videos of herself at her comedic best on TikTok. She's in uniform inside the facility as she pretends to engage in various forms of patient abuse, like over-medicating patients so they'll sleep all the time. Pretty funny, huh? Well, not to family members of the patients, they complained, and not to the people who run the facility. They suspended Kelly, who says she's baffled that anyone would be troubled by her fun and games. On the positive side, Kelly did get the attention she craved. The power of labels. Earlier this month, there was some fascinating testimony by the head of Stanford's director of addiction medicine in the giant opioid addiction case brought by New York State and two Long Island counties. She showed how the manufacturers used loaded words to shame doctors into prescribing more opioids, and the examples were hair-raising. Sales reps were taught to tell physicians that physical addiction is not really addiction, that calling it addiction was a, quote, mistake, and that it should be called a, quote, pseudo-addiction. The idea that taking opioids long-term could cause addiction is, quote, unscientific. So if you don't prescribe opioids over a long period out of fear of addiction, you aren't, quote, following science. And, my favorite, if a patient dies from taking opioids, it should always be called an overdose, even if it was the prescribed amount. You can't make this stuff up. Oh, wait a minute. They did make it up. The overly polite radiologist. In April 2010, Linnell Green's doctor ordered a routine mammogram. Radiologist Kenneth Bloomberg read the mammogram and sent his report to the doctor. Imagine his surprise four years later when Linnell's estate sued him for malpractice and wrongful death. What gives? Kenneth's lawyer responded. Kenneth's duty ended when he sent his report to the doctor, and nobody claims there was any error in the report. Ah, but his duty did not end there, insisted the plaintiff's lawyer. All his reports end with the sign-off, quote, Thank you for the opportunity to participate in the care of this patient. That's an admission that he was part of Linnell's care team. Happily for Kenneth, the appellate court held that, quote, politeness alone will not give rise to a heightened duty of care. Kenneth was awarded summary judgment. The case is Mann v. O'Keefe, Supreme Court of New York Appellate Division. What's a physical loss? If you need to close your business or limit the number of patrons because of COVID, do you have a claim under your property insurance policy? Is that a physical property loss? Countless cases have wrestled with the issue. The overwhelming majority have ruled in favor of the property insurer on the grounds that there must be physical damage to the property in order to trigger coverage. But in Pennsylvania, a judge has ruled for a second time in favor of a business owner. First it was a dental practice, now it's a tavern. The judge ruled that if COVID and social distancing measures, whether governmentally imposed or not, limit a business's use of its property, that qualifies as a property loss 
under the property insurance policy. Why? Because the business owner has suffered partial loss of the use of the property. I'm happy for the tavern owner, but this decision makes me wonder, if my driver's license is suspended for six months, do I have a claim under my auto insurance policy? After all, I've lost the use of my car for six months. The case is McMiles versus Erie Insurance, Allegheny County Court of Common Pleas. The high cost of name-calling. If you don't think that name-calling can be costly, just ask attorney Scott Schlesinger. He won $37 million for his client against R.J. Reynolds Tobacco, only to see it disappear when an appellate court reversed the judgment and ordered a new trial. Why? Solely because Scott seemed unable to curb his tongue during closing argument, not content to argue simply that Reynolds had acted negligently and was responsible for his client's health problems. Scott insisted on calling Reynolds, quote, a soulless enterprise of death and rotten insight. The appellate court could find no explanation for the fiery language except a desire to inflame the jury, which is impermissible. The case is R.J. Reynolds versus Mafuz, Florida 4th District Court of Appeals. Kidney, kidney, who's got the kidney? The good news at university hospitals in Cleveland is that the kidney transplant went off without a hitch and the patient is doing well. The bad news is that they put the kidney in the wrong patient. So the right patient has to wait for another kidney. As a hospital spokesman said, Lucky for him, God gave everybody two of them. Our schizophrenic country. Every day, the New York Times publishes the national percentage change in COVID cases over the past 14 days. On July 14, the figure was a frightening 109% increases over the past two weeks. Pretty scary. That same day, Becker's Hospital Review reported that the Tennessee Department of Health has halted all youth vaccine outreach, including COVID vaccine. It's also ending all COVID vaccine events on school property. And just to make the point absolutely clear, the department fired its director of immunization programs for encouraging COVID vaccinations for teens. Property loss theory number whatever. It seems as though at least once a week since the COVID outbreak, there's been a new credible theory on why a business should be able to collect under its property insurance policy. Not business interruption, but property. Almost all of them have failed. Here's a brand new theory, courtesy of Planet Hollywood, which operates over 200 restaurants under various brands. The theory is A, it's an all-risk policy, except only the exclusions named in the policy. B, we were forced by state and local governments to close down for months. And C, there's no exclusion for government-ordered shutdowns. So we're covered, QED. What does the insurer, Zurich, say about that? A, your theory is certainly, quote, artful. We'll give you that. But B, it's a property policy and your property is just fine. I'll let you know how it turns out, but my money, not my sympathy, but my money, is on Zurich. The case is Planet Hollywood versus Zurich American, Middle District, Florida. A new nightmare for lawyers. Did you ever have that nightmare where you're naked in public or that you were taking a final exam that you were totally unprepared for? If so, you're not alone. Those two nightmares are not universal, but they are extremely common. By the way, I've always wondered, do people who didn't go to college have that final exam dream? Well, here's a nightmare especially tailored to lawyers. What if you were arguing a case before a panel of federal judges and you were arguing the wrong case? Well, that nightmare came true for Chad Hatfield. He was arguing his fibromyalgia case before the Ninth Circuit, and by the way, doing a crackerjack job. Then one judge interrupted him to ask, could you make sure you got the right case in front of you? And by golly, he didn't. He was supposed to be arguing a case about diabetes. The court gave him 10 minutes to regroup. Well, that's it for this month's edition of The Lighter Side of Health Law. I hope you enjoyed it. Check your AHLA Weekly and Health Law Connections magazine for the next edition. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, 
Be sure to subscribe to AHLA Speaking of Health Law wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about AHLA and the educational resources available to the health law community, visit AmericanHealthLaw.org.